Getting down, guys. Talk Narrow City here, back for another podcast, episode 40. Wow. And it's That's uh, a lot of podcasts. Mr. Jay Comfrey, how are you doing, my friend? Very well, lovely to see you. It's nice to be back here, actually. If I can't look around, probably, I've got a crook neck. Okay. So I'm sort of a bit like Herman Munster. I might have to do this on that side. But it is quite this awkward side's fine. Middle, isn't it? It's fine, it's fine. Because we can kind of just look one direction, but yeah. you're kind of having to move about. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for welcoming, no welcoming us into your lovely house. No worries. And the floor heating. We don't get this at your flat, Chris. It's flat? It's our studio, Jack. Studio. Apologies. Studio flat. Studio flat. Penthouse? Of course it is. Yeah, you get course. away with that. <laughs> uh, second of all... Um, my mum has made some homemade hummus. Now, this has only ever come out wow. when... Here she is, yet again. Russ Martin came on. What's your mum's name? Alison. Good work, Alison. Now, even if you don't like this... Does she watch your podcasts and she stuff? She watches every one. Does she really? That's nice. Well, she says she does. I wouldn't have sworn on them if I'd known. She says she watches them all. Um, so we've got Sometimes. some sweet pea hummus here. Lovely. Do you like peas? Do you like hummus? Yeah. Great. We've also got some carrot sticks. You provide oh the coffee, goodness. I'll provide the food. And some Tesco <clears throat> salt and black pepper crackers. Right. Just in case. Is this like a New Year health kick thing as well? Because normally I'd sort of dip crisps and... Well, no, not at all. I just didn't want to rock up with kind of unhealthy snacks. As I know, you're in front of a camera every week. You need to look your best. <laughs> if only. And you have that been posting pictures absolutely delicious. Mm. Is it? I am. I'm trying to be on a New Year diet. Yeah, it's lovely. Now, the, the criticism from Russ last time was... Very peeish, isn't it? Mm. There was Apparently, there was a dis- distinct lack of cayenne pepper last time. No, it was lemon, wasn't it? Or was it not enough lemon? I think you said not enough lemon. I'm not criticising it. Really? Well, no way, man. Thanks, Mrs. Reeve. Jake, it's been 11 months since we last chatted here. At this um, table. It was the 8th of February 2017 we chatted. I watched that video back. Jez Moxie had just resigned. <laughs> We'd just drawn 2-2 with Wigan. Mm-hmm. I think that was the night before, actually. Um, Alex Neal was still in charge. And I think the interesting thing was we were still having the debate about whether Delia Smith's the right owner or not. So... Quite a few. You key. having the debate? I've got no doubt. You you still don't. Let, let's start there mm. then. Okay, it's been um it's been a, a strange season. Um, we've got a lot to cover, but yep. let's start with with the big one. We're going straight in with the hard news yeah. here. Delia Smith, Michael Wynne Jones, yep. still in charge of the club. Yeah, still pretty much in the same place as a club as we were last season in terms of league positioning. Still the right. But owners. a completely different football club from last season. Yeah, we're a completely different football club because. We're, Look, I've never run a football club. I've never been fortunate enough to have the money to buy a football club. If I did, I'd love to. But you imagine when you get relegated from the Premier League, right? You're just football fans. You're just normal folks. So you sit around a table just like this and you say, bloody hell, man, we've just been relegated. Right. What do we do? What are we going to try, go try and go back straight back up, yeah? Right. Brilliant. So, all those great players we've signed on good money, we've got to keep them, haven't we? Yeah, we've got to keep them because we're going to go straight back up. We've yep. got to go for it. We've got to believe in our manager. We've got to believe in our players. We've got to do the right thing by Alex Neal. We've got to do the right thing by the lads that came in. Here we go. You then have an horrendous season mm. and you sack your manager and you stay in the championship, which makes this the most difficult season for a football club because it's only this season where you've still got those players that you had when you were in the Premier League, but they're a bit disillusioned because they joined a Premier League club or they joined last season a club that they thought were going to go back up to the Premier League. Yep. Those players are still on really good money by championship standards because they've been recent Premier League football players. The club sort of gambled everything on staying in the Premier League when we did things like buy Naismith and then go back up to the Premier League by doing things like buying Wiltshire or Pritchard. So they've done what they can to get us back up there and it hasn't happened, which now this is the worst possible season for a club because you've still got all of those big outgoings, all those big names, all those people that want to be playing Premier League football. But you're having to now say, right, we, we have to cut our cloth accordingly because the, the um, parachute payments 
are going to get lower and lower and we have to do mm. something. So it makes this the hardest season where you have to go, right, do we now stick with all these people still and hope for the best again, which can have cataclysmic consequences, or do you do something brave and bold and big and you try and rewrite the rules and to turn around an entire football club, top to bottom, is a huge task. And if Michael Wynne-Jones or Delia Smith were not the right people to run the football club, they would have bailed and gone, do you know what, we can't be starting again from scratch and coming up with a new plan and mm. going down the director of football route and having a CEO of the football club that's not involved in Colney and getting a new manager yeah. in. They've you, sat you, there and changed it all for the best. And I, th- I honestly believe in what they're doing. I don't think anyone's ever criticised. I mean, I, I'm still not too sure where I stand on this debate. I've kind of swung every week, but I don't think anyone's ever ever kind of criticised Delia Smith or Michael Wynne-Jones not loving the club. We all know that. I think the criticism is now, in this modern game, you cover Premier League matches every week, you see the money that's being thrown around. Delia and Michael just simply don't have the money to take us to where we probably Why? want to be. We were there two seasons ago. But We've been there four of the last seven seasons or something. And we haven't stayed there. Yeah, but we've been there, and I don't think we haven't stayed there because of Michael and Delia. I think they've done everything they can to keep us there and to get us there. I think we haven't stayed there because we, we've we made decisions that haven't worked out to be good decisions, but it's not through lack of trying mm. or wanting to do it. Um, and there's no guarantees. You know, Who's going to come and buy Norwich and put... People aren't just going to come and spend hundreds of millions of pounds on a football club. Those sorts of owners are few and far between, and there's no guarantee yeah. that they work. We're in the same league as Aston Villa. I know they're further up the league table than us, but I don't think they're guaranteed promotion. The playoffs are going to be really, really difficult. Foreign ownership came into Birmingham, and I'm sure some Birmingham fans thought, a lovely job, here we go. They're on the verge of going down to League One. You know, it's not a guarantee of instant success. And I love the self-sustaining model. I love the fact that Mm. we still have a club that we support. And I bet there are many football fans that support football clubs and don't really know what they support. Well... Mm. Do I support the ground? I don't really support the ground. Do I support the owners? Well, I don't really know the owners. Do I support the players? Well, they've mm. all arrived in the last couple of seasons because these new owners have bought loads of players. What am I, what, is it because I go oh, with my mates? Yeah, I can totally understand what people support Norwich for. Yeah. I can totally get it. And I think it will be even more that case in the next two or three years because we're seeing a completely different Norwich City. You know, it feels to me like, you know, the John Ruddies and maybe even the Alex Pritchards and the Sebastian Bassongs and the Ryan Bennett's and you know, the Housens, and they're from a different era now of Norwich City. Mm, we've yeah. changed so much, yeah. and you've seen it today <clears> with the transfer business that we've done, bringing in the young guy from Tottenham. That is, that is now the future for us. And yeah. Now is not the time to be asking if Michael and Delia are the right people. Now is the time just to, just to see how this project goes, I think. It's proactive, but, isn't it, rather than the reactive. Mm. I think when we were in the Premier League, it was very much a, a reactive way of running a football club. Oh, yeah. God, we're short of goals, let's buy Lafferty. Yeah. But you, you do kind of feel in the Premier League, and we see it every season with clubs trying to survive, don't we? You have to be reactive to, to a certain extent. And sometimes yeah. that pays yeah. more than likely it doesn't. And I think because we, we, we got to that position probably quicker than we thought, mm. we were like, we got there and we thought, crap, what do we do now? Like, we're here. Mm. I, don't think, now? I don't think Norwich City should have ever been run like that. And I, I think that Jake's right. I think that now we're, we're in the, the best place possible for Norwich City Football Club. If you consider, you know, where this club has landed in the last few seasons and on average where we are, mm. it's okay. We just need to... Yeah. This season was always going to be a bumpy road. Yeah. It was always going to be a bumpy road. Take the rough with the smooth. We're back on form now as well, by the way. Um, yeah. we, t- we, yeah. go to, we go to Chelsea full of confidence with absolutely no pressure on at all. Um, and then you've got a massive game against Sheffield United. And, and if you win that game at home, we're back to our best for me. 100%. 
I mean, love the positivity. Go on, Jake. I mean, we'll get on to the Bristol game in a minute, and we'll we'll preview the other games. But as I said, we spoke this time, like pretty much this time last year, and I think you sometimes forget just how much happens in a year at a football Mm. club. We didn't have the same manager. We didn't have the same sporting director, head coach, whatever you want to call it. We probably have about four of the same players as we did this time Mm. last season. I'm not sure, but as Chris says there. It's going to be a bumpy road this season. We've yeah. already seen it. Do you think things will start to smooth out now? Yeah, I do. I think I think that I can. What's great is I can absolutely understand what Norwich are trying to do now. Mm. You know, the days are gone of big players coming in on big money for big wages and hoping they deliver. Yeah. We're now in a situation where we've got brilliant young talent in our football club, and I can see them coming through the ranks. You know, there's a guy that isn't even playing for us, and I think he's probably the best number defensive midfielder in the country at the level he's at, Ben Godfrey. Yeah. Oh, there's no better player in that division in that position. Mm. I think next season he will be a Norwich City footballer. I think he'll be playing somewhere in there. Maybe Alex Tetty will go, who knows? I think he'll be in our midfield. I think that Jamal Lewis, I'm so pleased to see him. Oh, yeah. you know, Norwich players yeah. have been saying to me for the last couple of seasons, this is guy called Jamal Lewis, who is unbelievable. He's got a few injuries, but as an athlete, mm. he is unbelievable. Mm. And you know, he's not technically the most gifted footballer in the world. He'd probably be the first to say that. But you watch him on the ball... The man is an animal. Yeah. I mean, he, he is incredible. Jack likes looking at his legs, personally. Do you? Well, they're good legs. Le- they I don't blame you. Um, and I now think... Yannick Vujicic's gone. We're going to have to have some thought. Good thought. You're right about that. I always see your tweets like, oh, I love Yannick. <laughs> well, he delivered for Cardiff at the weekend. That's what he did, I'm saying. Yeah, a few Cardiff fans on Twitter were saying thanks for Yannick. But again, he's a guy from a different era. Came in for multi-millions of pounds. Big money. Yeah. You know, we need to be doing things that we're doing now, which is getting the scouting network up and going, getting in young players. Yeah bringing players through the academy system. I'm so pleased to see the club investing in their academy. That's what, Again, it's something for us fans to understand and to be part of and be part of that story. And if you look at that football team now, I think that from Madison, who I'm desperately hoping we keep in this window and beyond that, you know, we need to convince him Norwich is the right place for him. It's not. I don't believe it's the right time for him to leave. I don't think it'll be the right time in the summer. In the next couple of years, if we're not in the Premier League, it mm. might be. Yeah. But from Madison... To Murphy, who's one of our own, to Godfrey, who's out on loan, <clears throat> to Jamal God, Lewis. You sound like a poet, that joke. <laughs> he's come through the system in the last couple of uh, seasons. To a really strong defence. To Angus Gunn, who I know is on loan, but he's got Norwich in his DNA. Um, to the young Spurs player, who's described as the mini Messi by um, Maurizio Pochettino, who we've got in on loan. He's only on loan, I know. Um, but we are doing all the right things now. We've got people out there looking at young players. Do they fit the Norwich City way? But the biggest thing we've got to do is be brave. Like, I don't know whether Daniel Farker is the right manager. I simply don't know. I, you know, I can't, how can you judge a guy who's come into a football club, who's spent the best, who've got the best part of £30 million in the last couple of windows for football players? You know, when you say we haven't really gone forward from last season, well, in many ways we have because we've sold so many players. Mm. We've got rid of so many players. Mm. Not even just players, the whole backroom team. Bought, exactly. Spire's been ripped out of the football club and, and you know, patched and back together again. To even be where we are is an achievement in <clears> some way because this is all about building to the future. you just got to give it time. It's just going to take a couple of seasons. Do you believe in this whole, the, the kind of structure we've gone down? Do you think this is the future? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because what you can't do is bring a manager in, bring in seven or eight backroom guys, that manager doesn't work out and you get rid of those guys. And it costs you loads of money, and then you start again with a new manager and hope that he's the answer. We need to be in a position where Stuart Webber is our director of football. And whether Daniel Farker stays or goes, whoever comes in, it's absolutely crystal clear to that guy that Stuart Webber is the director of football. This is the Norwich City way. This is the setup at Colney. 
This is the route from the academy to the first team. Your job is to bring players from the academy into the first team. You're, that's your first job. Mm. Your second job is to go and buy players if we haven't already got them in our academy. But you make those players <clears throat> realise that they can make the first team and you make sure there's a pathway. Yep. And if it doesn't work out, we will let you go and we will carry on in our way with someone else that understands the model and fits in. The difficulty is if we bring a manager in who has incredible success and then they test you because they turn around and go, right, I've brought incredible success to this football club, now I want to do things my way. Mm. That's where you've got to be really brave and say, no, <clears throat> you've been brilliant, but it is our way or the highway. You know, we have to have the Norwich City way from when you're seven years old and you arrive at Colney to when you're 20 and you get an opportunity yeah. in the first team to when you're 24 and you're sold mm -hmm. for 15 million quid. There has to be a Norwich way. And people have to fit into that when they come to the club. And the whole, yeah, the whole culture as well. Mm. It's yeah. not even just the way we play football. Absolutely. The way you talk to the dinner lady, you mm. know, cleaning the boots, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm. It's needed. And then mm -hmm. that culture, to my knowledge, has been changed and, and is changing. So I think it's, I think it's up. I mean, we've spoken about it in recent weeks, haven't we, Chris? It's, <clears> it's almost now, rather than individual players we're worrying about and fitting a team around a few players... It's now a system, and we fit players into that system. It's getting there, mm. yeah. The last two games, particularly, definitely. The challenge is almost if we get promoted to the Premier League. What do we do if we go up? Imagine we make the playoff final this year and get promoted. What do they do? <laughs> I love your positivity, but, there, yeah, but Honestly, I mean, I'd love it to happen, but what would happen? What do you do? Do you stick with the players we've got? You Alex Neil, yeah. Or do you go and go? Bloody hell! Let's go and spend thirty million quid on a load of football players. You know, that's that's why. It, weirdly, if we got promoted this season, it's almost a bit. It's a bit too soon almost. You know, you need to get this system in place. You need these players to bed in with the football club and and do it properly, do it like Southampton did. But, you know, even Southampton are coming off the rails now because I feel they've gone away from, yeah. from what they did so well. Yeah. What have, uh, you, we speak there about the kind of youngsters coming through and, and investment into Colney, which yeah. is, at the moment seems to be reaping rewards. We've seen Jamal Lewis come in, Aston Oxburgh is now our third-choice keeper, Ben Godfrey's yeah, doing great. The Murphy twins. The Murphys. Yeah. But we've also seen teams, Huddersfield, Brentford, kind of scrap their whole yeah. academy system. What have you made of that kind of switch? Because it seems to be quite a popular thing at the moment to kind of scrap academies yeah. and buy in, a, not buy in, but find an 18-year-old mm -hmm. finished product to then develop from that yeah. point onwards. You, um, it's always a very difficult position. The reason, one of the reasons why Huddersfield got rid of their academy was because there were more scouts for Manchester City in Huddersfield than there were scouts for Huddersfield in Huddersfield. It's crazy, and it? in that situation, you're fighting a losing battle. And if you, if you find an incredible six-year-old and they've been with your academy for three years and they're an amazing nine-year-old, the big clubs will come and snaffle them. And it, it, the whole system is tilted towards giving the big clubs power. And there was an amazing documentary on mm. BT Sport just recently called No Hunger in Paradise and it was talk and it was thank you and it was showing you it was a great documentary it's, um, it's free actually on the website it's worth what, if you haven't seen it it is an unbelievable documentary and you know these clubs now are going after three year olds they're offering to put all the children in the family through private education they're offering you 50 grand a week if you're there when you're 16 you know the riches on offer are incredible and people are finding it very difficult to say no to that so it's going to be difficult for Norwich <clears throat> to have a, have a setup where we get the best youngsters and the best youngsters stay with us until they're in our first team. But I don't think that that should be a reason for us not to do it. I totally understand Brentford's thinking and Huddersfield's thinking. Mm. And their thinking is, <clears throat> let Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham fight it out for these players, yeah. take them through their academy, and when they get to 17 and they tell four of them that they're not quite good enough, we'll be there to pick up the mm. pieces and bring them into our setup then. And there isn't the cost and there isn't the time to develop it. 
But I ju- again, I feel that that's not the way Norwich should be doing things. I feel that we are a club that should have an academy. I feel that we are a club that should have our homegrown talent coming through. It's an ethos that, that comes right from the owners, right down to the, the first team. You know, even the fact that we have the Community Sport Foundation, which is in the top two or three best charities affiliated to a football club in the country. You know, we are up there with the very best in the country at that. Because that's the way Norwich should be doing it. Norwich City should be a club for the community, a club for everybody. And it should be a club where you can relate relate to the, the players because they've been there since they were seven or eight years old. Does that necessarily correlate with success, though, in terms of being a community club? I think everyone values us being a community club. But at the same time, we also want to see success. On the football field. Yeah, because it's about doing the two things together. And I, I keep coming back to the fact that we have, in recent seasons, been a Premier League football club. And we're not a million miles away from that now. You know, as we sit here talking today and Daniel Farker will tell us that it's not going to happen because it's his job to play it down. But we're six points off the playoffs. How bad are how bad really are things mm. at Norwich City? You know, you, you could look at it and say that, you know, we had the second biggest championship wage bill on record last season, um, which is, you could look at that as a positive. You could say we've got 21,000 fans to every home game. You could look at that as a positive you know, that's more than some people are getting in the Premier League. Mm. Um, or you could look at that and go, well, actually, the wages is a mill stone around the football club's neck. And actually, there are a few clubs in the Championship with even bigger attendances. So where are we? We're, at the moment, I feel like Norwich as a club are not quite where we would like them to be. But at the moment, they're probably where they should be because we're a club undergoing a transition. Yeah, um, And it's hard to... <clears throat> to transition in the Premier League and we wouldn't be doing this process if we were in the Premier League I, I kind of hope this is short term pain for long term gain and I don't think I don't think that's that, an Instagram quote yeah. that, that needs to be the tweet that goes up with the video <laughs> but, but I don't think that you get rid of your charity and you get rid of your academy and you get rid of doing all the great things for the community and you get rid of um, sustainable ownership models because that doesn't that doesn't guarantee you success so why shouldn't you do all the right things and then hope for success as yeah. well rather than the wrong things and hope for success. Well, if we're talking about right things, Chris, Saturday's game against Bristol City was certainly packed oh. with them. It was a it was a delight, wasn't it? Absolute delight, and to be honest, unexpected in my opinion. I thought Bristol City need, really needed to to get the wheels back on their bus because I think I think they fell off. Um, I didn't realise how much they've been struggling. Recently, yeah, in the league. Actually. I mean, obviously yeah. they're they're in a very very. Well, they're no winning five now or something. I think they've dropped. They've certainly dropped. They were in fourth before they played us, I believe. Might be uh, talking yeah, about Yeah, I think they've there. lost their last five games, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, they did extremely well against Manchester City. Yeah. And I think the, the problem for them is that, you know, not taking away from our performance, I think they did have half an hour in that second leg against Manchester City. Uh, I thought, you know, and it's going to play in Norwich's favour. I, I, I do think a lot of teams will play us now and be a wee bit more complacent mm-hmm. because we have been quite poor. But I thought that the lads all over the park were amazing I've you know said it multiple times this season that Mario Vrancic hasn't been up to scratch. I thought he was phenomenal against Bristol City. I really do. I think that pass is what we've been missing. And as well, a big shout-out to Ivo Pinto because, again, he's been criticised lately of, of not playing the pass when he's had the opportunity. And he did that. And, of course, that, that Madison-class finish, as mm. as we expect. I mean, Jake, what a player. you saw the catalyst for change, really, didn't you, at Chelsea? I saw you fist-pumping up in that box at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that was the game where we saw a change in formation. I think a lot of people, I was in the pub before the game, I looked at that and thought, wow, this is brave. Mm. It worked. People were then thinking, will this equate to, to league success? Yeah. At the moment, it has done. Mm-hmm. I know we're only one game in. Yeah. But I suppose that does show Daniel Farker does have some 
tactical. Of course he does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we were forced down that road late on in that game as well. I'm sure you know the story. You know, we were covering the match, weren't we? And we were told an hour and a half before kickoff, um, it's it's a back four, a standard back four that we were used to, and Nelson Oliveira was fit to play. As it transpired, mm. he said he was fit to play. The manager didn't want to risk him in the game, yeah. and he went to a back three. And it's it's sometimes funny how um, how these things sort of play out. And actually, it works out that it was good for us, and it was good in the Bristol City game when we found a system once again. You know, I don't think we'd played it since Sunderland earlier in the season. We found a system that actually works really well for us. I, it's, I think it's important for us to have different ways to do this because I think if we go and get a striker that we all know we need, we'll probably go back to you know four at the back again or something mm. like that. And I just think it's great that our players have got the ability to play in these in these different formations depending on what with the it. requirement is. I, well, I do. I look. I love three at the back. Mm. I think it's brilliant. I think it particularly. It's also about playing to the strengths of the players that you've mm. got. And if you take a look at Jamal Lewis and Ivo Pinto, they're a pair of athletes. Mm. Yeah. So they are perfect to yep. to be playing as wing backs. And I think that we've then got a plethora of decent centre halves. You know, Grant Hanley, Tim Close, and then whoever you want to stick in alongside them, Zimmerman mm. or whoever. Isn't it nice saying that as a Norwich City fan, by the way? Yeah. Decent defensive players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have though. And then going forward, we all know the quality. You know, I thought, thought that, you know, disappointed Alex Pritchard had gone, but I thought the the front three against Chelsea were absolutely fantastic. But it's just a reminder of how mad football is. You know, we can all sit here and all be a bit doom and gloom about the fact that Norwich are in the Championship and we're only halfway up the league table, and this is a period of change. Well, it's only a couple of seasons ago that Huddersfield were almost rock bottom in the yep. Championship. We weren't spending much money on players. No one saw that promotion coming, mm-hmm. and it came out of nowhere. Bang. Reading went from almost getting promoted at the same time as Huddersfield to really struggling. Bristol City have pretty much mm. come out of nowhere and done amazingly under Lee Johnson. That Football can do this, mm. and Norwich can do this, and will do this again at some point. Um, and it just it fills me with hope when I see performances like that. Going back to the Chelsea game, I've got yeah. a bit of a question for you. Yeah. So you're sitting in there in the studio with Frank Lampard. Yeah. What does he actually think about Norwich? Did you ask him any questions about mm. Norwich? Or do you ask the players that you're with, yeah. what's your thoughts on Norwich? Is there any kind of funny quotes that you could reveal? Or... In, um, they like to take the mickey out of me and my love of Norwich. They just because like, it's a smaller club. Well, yeah, and I'm sitting there, you know, we were watching, we all watch the Premier League games, and I'm like, what's the Norwich score? And they're like, who cares, man? <laughs> we're watching Man United and Man City and Liverpool. Who cares? Good what are you man, talking? stick up for Norwich. Exactly. Right? But I'm always like, have you, you know, about five to two or five past two when the team news comes out, I always pop my hands and I go, God, have you seen the big news today? They're like, what? Vrancic is in <laughs> and they're like what, what? exactly cool skulls, <laughs> yeah. about? Um, but actually it was interesting Frank was saying he always loved coming to Norwich he really said, yeah he, sat, he said he loved coming to it the, the club was were great no but he said he always found it quite hard here. I don't think he didn't score at Carrow Road there aren't many places that he didn't mm. score uh, and he was really impressed with Madison yeah. and he knows a player you know when he sees yeah. one but that's what I was hoping you'd say yeah. as a midfielder really yeah you would be hoping that um, I think James is is a fantastic footballer and it's it's nice when you sit there with someone that's achieved what he has in the game and he's saying to me God your team are really well organised your team know what they're doing all oh, your fans are loud all oh, the atmosphere is good you know Yeah. we all know why we love Norwich City and I don't expect Frank Lampard to be a Norwich fan or Rio Ferdinand to be a Norwich fan but not I quite like them, it though. I quite like it when they tell me that they like the club good man I think they're at the, they yeah. the last one we did was the Liverpool 5-4 do you remember that Adam Adam Lalana. I've, I've been trying to forget that actually. For some reason. <laughs> you, mate. Presenting that game that is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm. That's like one of the most viewed videos it on is the channel. Isn't huge, it? Yeah. Oh, when Sebastian Basson pops up with a twenty-yard left foot volley, you think, okay, hello, 
and then it wasn't the match-winning goal. And then you slid under the desk when Adam mm. Lallana scored that oh, goal. God. And then literally 10 seconds later, you're live on the telly having to try and be a professional. <laughs> OK, so we've talked about Bristol. Six points off the playoffs. Now, coming up tomorrow... Come on, Norwich! By the time this goes out, it's Chelsea again. Unfortunately, you're not presenting this one, are you? No, this one's on the BBC. On the Beeb. Um, but it's another good test for us. And it's a game... Is it no pressure? Is there no pressure on this one? Um, yeah, and we said that about the first one, really. We said it was a free hit, the home game against mm-hmm. Chelsea. And I suppose in some ways, you know, can it ever be no pressure to go to Chelsea and perform? Um, but it's, it's a chance for these, for these young Norwich players that we all believe are brilliant. Yeah. It's a chance for the manager to say to them, the fans think you're brilliant. Hopefully you think you're brilliant. Go out and prove yourself on a stage mm-hmm. as big as this. Because it's all very well doing it against Bristol City, but doing it at Stamford Bridge is a different story. And it's, it's difficult times as well for Chelsea. I was going to say, drawn, time to drawn play, the man. last three on the bounce. Whether that's a good or a bad thing for us, I don't know. I think that it means that Antonio Conte will put out a strong team because it's a few weeks until the Champions League gets going again. They're clearly not going to win the Premier League. So actually, the FA Cup has grown in importance for Chelsea. Um, he would have learned a bit about the likes of the Bakayokos and the Batshuayis. I'm not sure whether they will get involved against Norwich um, on Wednesday night. But I think we'll see a strong Chelsea team. I think it'll be bloody difficult for Norwich to get a result from this game. But again, it's just a chance to build a bit of self-belief and a bit of confidence and to give, particularly, you know, let's, we keep mentioning his name, you know, James Madison. It's a chance for him to feel what it would be like to be a Premier League player. It's a chance for mm. you know, some of the foreign players that have come in and joined us, like, you know, the, um, Steepermans or Zimmermans or whoever plays in that game it's a chance for them Tom Tribal it's a chance for them to come in and, and for the manager to say you want to be a Premier League footballer or Norwich this is the experience that you will get every single <clears> week <throat> it's good for Angus Gunn it's good for it's good for everybody I hope we do okay I mean just don't want to be embarrassed you know I don't want 4-0 yeah. to Chelsea you know I don't think we'll be embarrassed I mean Chris Daniel Farker has traditionally in cup competitions put out extremely strong sides yeah. I think one of the criticisms against Arsenal though we came so close was that slump in form after it was mm. possibly due to it was a coincidence though wasn't it I mean it, it was, was a it? defeat well it was a defeat and it, mm. defeats happen and but in was terms it? of the team selection, it was incredibly strong. Good, and, we and then... it should be, because we should be, as a football manager, you put teams out to win games of football. We put a strong team out against Bristol City. If we lose the next four or five, is it because we put a strong team out against Bristol City? No. It's just because we are at that level where we can go eight or nine on the bounce without losing, and we can equally go five mm. or six on the bounce but without winning. At the same time, I don't think it's a coincidence that, or is a coincidence that, that you know, the strong team we put out then struggled and we looked slightly lethargic mm. going into their next games. It is that fine balance between yeah, balancing Yeah, lethargic into the next game, but you can't then look three games further down the line and still, I don't think you can still blame the Arsenal selection. I, I think the Arsenal thing was only a positive for our players and our club. You know, I really do. I think that we pushed Arsenal to the very yeah, edge. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And that's just something to be proud of. So with that being said, strong team against I Chelsea? Mean, I think for me, just to go back a wee bit, I thought that, I'd much rather we stuck with the team and and had some consistency to it. I think one of the criticism of, of previous managers is you chop and change it around all the time, constantly, and it doesn't work. And and now you can see we've we've got that that set three or four or five at the back, and that seems to be working nicely. And I would rather we do lose games sometimes, but you know not chop and change it because if you chop and change it in the championship where you've got to. You, pick up wins consistently to get anywhere you can't be winning games and losing games and you know I came on Twitter and said you know basically crucified Daniel Farker for his team um, that he put out against Burton 
But then he did what he had to do and he got that win at home the following week. So in fairness to Daniel, I think that, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding. I, I think that he's. I think I feel to... differently though. I think that he got the win the following week, but that doesn't stop Burton being a total mistake and him learning. I almost think yeah. that he could have named learned. he could have named a better team at Burton, won that game, and still won the following week. Actually, yeah, yeah. You know, but hey. try and look at the positive. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But the one thing I would say is, uh, I, I thought against Arsenal, I think playing Nelson Oliveira was probably a mistake because he was injured. Yeah, um, and I think that, but I, I don't think it's the actual players that he's putting out I think the players are just far less emotional now it's a word that I've touched upon in recent weeks and I'll post much interviews Jack is that the defenders are far less emotional they're very very rational the way that they're going to challenges and, and things like that so that's for me the difference I mean, going, going back to that first leg against Chelsea I said it and I think quite a few of other Norwich fans said it it seems that Daniel Farker's philosophy almost suits Premier League sides more yeah. Now, you watch mm. Premier League football week in, week out. I don't really watch it now because I kind of want to forget that that exists and, you know, we're in the top <laughs> one day. Actually. One yeah, day one we'll day. be back. Um, but is that a thing or yeah. are we just clutching on the No, I think, I think it could be a thing. I think that when Daniel came in, he had maybe an idealistic view of coming into Norwich, mm. playing possession-based football, being mm. given time on the ball, breaking the opposition down, inviting the opposition on, that was nice. stretching yeah. the play and then bang. I don't think he accounted for games against you know the likes of Millwall and Burton, Sheffield yeah. United and Burton <clears> and <throat> Reading. You know, QPI will just get in your face and make life difficult for you. Mm. And I think that it's no coincidence, as you say, that playing against Chelsea, playing against Arsenal, teams where there, there is a bit more time on the ball and um, it is less cut and thrust in the Championship, we seem to be better. And I think... He got it wrong, but I think he learned that, and I think he has learned that, and that, and he's adapted incredibly well. I, I'm really impressed with Daniel Farker. Like I say, I don't know if he's the long-term answer as the Norwich manager, because I don't think that we are a club anymore where the long-term answer is the manager. Mm-hmm. The long-term answer is now the setup, the system, the prospects coming through. Yeah, the prospects coming through. Colney, the director of football, the Norwich way. That is now the long-term answer. And if he, he might fit in it for six more months, six more years, I don't know. So, with that being said, then is Stuart Webber the long-term? Are yeah, you impressed with Weber? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am impressed with Weber. I think it was a really difficult job to come into Norwich, to lower the wage bill, to lower the average age. Keep the fans happy. To keep the fans happy. You're um, never going to do that. To, re- <laughs> to remain competitive, which we have been. Again, you know, we've gone on a really good, strong run in the middle of the season when we were looking like we were pushing towards the playoffs. We've then had a rocky patch. I still maintain if we go on a strong run between now and May, we can be in the playoffs. That would be an incredible success. But yeah, I am really impressed with Stuart Webber. Um, but it has to be given time and we have to give them patience and we have to give them space. And ask, asking whether we've got the right owners, it's the wrong thing at the wrong time. This is a whole new Norwich City way and it needs years, not months. And I think it needs players to come on the podcast more, wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Do the club give you players, do they? We've had Russ Martin. But no one else, no other players. We've, we've got some, some irons in the fire. Good. Good, you got one on the way. Hopefully. Oh, good. But they should, though. Like, Norwich should be nothing but proud of the podcast. You know, it's like, you want fans that care about the football club. Um, And doing this, you do this because you care. Norwich should absolutely just encourage more of this. You know, get people talking. It's no bad thing that people talk about the club. Good. Um, It is January, which means it's transfer season, which is... Yeah. as As I grow older... It becomes less enjoyable every year. I just find it a bit... I find it so annoying. It's quite draining. (laughs) Do you find that? Or are you still... Quite like it. ...full and pumped about it? Yeah, I like like January. I just like to see what madness goes on. (laughs) It's it's never normally... 
Twitter in January is a whole I mean, let's talk experience. about Pritchard. You seem like the man who kind of first twigged on to this. Am I, were you revealing any exclusives? Did you have any words in your ear? Maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'd known for quite a long time that clubs were sniffing around Alex Pritchard. And I think we have to be totally honest and, and understand that he was a massively talented, is a massively talented he football was the best player. player yeah. um, and he joined a club that he fully expected would take him back up into the Premier League. And that's why he came. And when it didn't happen, he wanted Premier League football. Um, and he's got that. And I think that, you know, he's joined a really good club in Huddersfield. He's joined a manager in David Wagner, who's impressive. He's joined a club that were crying out for a number 10. Mm. And he will go in there, I believe, and be one of the one of Huddersfield's best players. And I... I don't begrudge him wanting that move. You know, he was a Premier League footballer who who wanted Premier League football and we can't give it to him at the moment. I'd be far more aggrieved if Norwich took a three million pound offer for Ben Godfrey from a Premier League side or yeah. Jamal Lewis went for five yeah. million quid or even James Madison went for twenty million. Twenty million quid for James Madison would make me more angry than the offer that came in for for Alex because you know I, I, it was what Alex. I think it was what Alex wanted. He wanted to be a Premier League footballer. Yep. That's just what he is. I think James Madison is a few years behind in his development, and there will be a time when James is in the same position as Alex when he wants to be a Premier League footballer. And again, if mm. we're not in the Premier League, Fair we will have to let it happen. But at the moment, those players should be staying with Norwich because it's the right club for them. So I just, I don't think there's anyone else going to go for big money. I know there's talk about Cameron Jerome and Nelson Oliveira. That's not big money, yeah. Well, I don't think it'll be big money, but I also, you know, man, we can't afford to be losing strikers. You know, we, we need to be buying goals. That's the one thing that's probably held us back in the last few games and will continue to towards the end of the season. Do, do you think we need money more than success at the moment, Jake? I don't think so, because I think that if we get the success, the money will come. Okay. You know, Norwich are not a club where we have to be selling players in January and making a profit to continue. You know, it would be nice for us to go and spend £25-30 million pounds on some footballers in January, but I don't think that that is going to happen. I think that Alex going will enable us to buy some players. There is Look, there's no point sitting here and all of us pretending that there's millions of pounds washing around at Norwich. There isn't. But it's not through any mismanagement or any dodgy dealing or yeah. someone running away with money. It's happened because when we were in the Premier League, we tried our best to go mm. and buy Naismith on big money for big wages and to keep us up. Then when mm. we... Then yeah. when it didn't happen, we went and bought players like, you know, Alex, who's just gone, or Yannick, who's just gone, and we kept hold of all the big-name players. That's the reason why we're now in a position where um, we bad. have to be looking at it a different way. But I don't, think, I don't think we need money more than success. I think that we, uh, I think we need success, because that will bring us money. Yep. Chris, we haven't spoken since Pritchard has gone. What's your kind of vibe about the whole thing? First of all... Uh, there's one thing that I just needed to touch upon a little bit. I thought that his... Um, look, really, really like the guy. Really like the guy. And as I said, by far, probably, definitely a Premier League player. I think there's three players in our, in our team that are Premier League players. Angus Gunn, unbiased, but I think he is. James Madison, 1 million percent. You know my thoughts on him. I got slated for it. Alex Pritchard. Those are the three Premier League players that are in our team. I don't blame him for going. The one niggle that I have is he went into the gun club as player of the, as player of the match and uh, man of the match. And there was a bit of an attitude thing in the gun club. And for me, that was slightly disappointing. I, don't, I thought that was you know, slightly unnecessary to say that the, the fans moaning was a bad thing when you know that you're on your way out. I think that it could have been maybe just a, just a touch more professional, possibly. But then, Were fans moaning? Yes. Um, During the game? Yeah, I mean, basically the, the fans you know, boot, boot off the players um, at half-time. And I, I mean, I personally don't think that helps. Some of the fans 
believe that they have the right to boo at half time because they pay their money. You um, like the Millwall game? You're sorry? The Millwall game. You yes. Yeah. We were the better team in that Losing first half. Losing 1-0 at half time. But why, I, don't, I still don't understand why you'd boo the players. Full stop. Maybe not full stop. Certainly not in a game where you've been clearly the not better team the in game. the first but half. But let's not forget that had come off the back of the 0-0 at Burton and we were yeah. sort of yeah. 14th yeah. in the table. So I think fans maybe did have the right to be a bit frustrated. Yeah. I just I, so for me, just with the Pritchard thing, I'm, I'm I'm in Jake's camp. I think that I don't blame him by all means. I do think that we needed some short-term cash when there's that sort of wonga that's being put on the yeah. table. I do think you've got to take it at this current. Isn't state it one play. of those deals that's probably good for everyone? Yes, I, I think Weirdly. so. And I, and I think and I think as well that we we seriously need to find funds for a striker. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a, uh, possibly a defender go in January as well to, to try and get the cash to do that. And I think that's a very, very wise decision. Final thing on Pritchard, was the money right? I mean, I know a fee hasn't really been disclosed yet, but it's somewhere between sort of the 12 and £15 million pound mark. In the current transfer market, that does seem a little low, doesn't it? Yeah, but you get, you get some sort of strange deals, don't you? Um, where you, you can pick up... You know, a Chelsea midfielder for five million pounds, and you think, how on earth has that deal been done? And mm-hmm. then, and then another player will go for ludicrous sums of money. Look, if it's if it's the right amount of money that allows Norwich to go and do something in the transfer window, striker yeah. wise, then yes, it probably is the right amount of money at the right time. Um, yeah, I think so. Any well, any less than ten, then I would have said, well, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm. But I always sort of felt between twelve and fifteen million pounds would would get him. There was also another opinion put out about the Pritchard move, which, which I found quite interesting and actually quite liked as well, which is that actually in, in some senses we became um, used to not having Pritchard. Madison excelled and at, at one stage we thought, how is Pr- Pritchard's not even going to get in the team, right? Mm-hmm. He was injured for most of the season. He scored, I think, one goal since he's been back. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah don't get me wrong, he's been a very influential player. I just don't think it's the end of the world. Um, and you know, c- considering that he's not played for us this season really... I think that's why the money was mm-hmm. what it was. And what, what's the one result we've had since? Beating Bristol City. Win. So there you go. Him in the team. And I'm, not, and I'm, I'm in your camp. I'm not saying he wasn't brilliant. But if there was a position where you feel we've got we, some we cover, had, yeah, that is the position. Yeah, yeah, of you know, course. James Madison is still there. Sometimes a lot that you're trying to get them both in the same team. Mm. And we don't mm. really talk about Wes Hulan at the moment, but... There is, you know, a fully fit Wazulan sitting there waiting for a chance, and I think he will have a more influential role towards the back end of the season. 100%. Because, you know, if there's one thing that I think we have missed, it's been experience. Oh, you look at the players that we allowed to leave. I'm so pleased you've said that. Last summer, in John Ruddy and Ryan Bennett and Sebastian Bassong, and and then you know bombing out the likes of Stephen Naismith mm. and Russell Martin, and not having them involved in the team, and then, you know, Yannick Wiltshire being allowed to go, and you know. Um, there's a lot of experience has gone out of the door at Norwich in the last 12 months. Um, we'll talk about John Ruddy in a bit. Yeah, I bet. Let's talk about him now. Really? John Ruddy, okay. flying with Wolves. Yeah. Ryan Bennett, flying with I know. Wolves. Two players who were not disregarded by Norwich fans, but certainly I don't think Norwich fans rated them as highly I think as they Ryan, have been. I think Ryan Bennett what was pushed aside. I don't think there's any expectancy with Ryan Bennett in the end. But let's be fair, Ryan Bennett was poor in a Norwich City shirt for that final season. And I think so was John Ruddy at points. Comparing him to the to his 2012 self, he certainly wasn't the John Ruddy of 2012. This is going to be so interesting. He's maybe brought that form. It was back. a difficult season, though. That's the it thing. It was, and, and you've got to put it in that context that you know John was being dropped and then recalled and dropped, and I was I wasn't sure what the reasons were for that. I don't think he was sure what the reasons were for that. I think it was a it was a really 
that first season post relegation was really difficult. And again, you know, it's worked out well probably for Norwich because Angus has been fantastic. We've looked really good at the back. Definitely. John and Ryan are going to go off and get themselves a promotion and they will be in the Premier League next season and, and you know, all power to their elbow. Wonderful world well unto them. You know, it's, um, it probably, even though, as you know, I'm good mates with John particularly, it probably has worked out well for everybody. I don't, I don't think anyone would change the decision now. Probably mm. not Norwich and probably not John. I mean, for, for me, I, my question, which was meant to be asked later on, but I'll go in now, is do you think he's done better at Wolves because of the team in front of him? Do you think he's still the same quality goal pick, goalkeeper that he was at Norwich City? Because me and Jack, forgive me for, for you know putting words in your mouth, we yeah. were of the opinion that you know in the last two seasons for Norwich City, it probably was right that he did go. He needed that change. I think that he's a, I think he is a really quality goalkeeper. I think he's a Premier League goalkeeper. I think that he was at a football club when it, a lot of people didn't look as good as perhaps we know they can be. Yeah. Um, and maybe the change was the right thing for him. I don't think he's playing any better at Wolves. I think that as a team, they're playing better this season than Norwich are this season and Norwich did last season. But I don't think that, I don't think that he was poor for us. And I think he's remembered really fondly by Norwich fans. Yeah. You know, the fact that he, he chose to play in that final game and got an amazing reception, I thought was really special. Um, and special for him, mm-hmm. you know his his family have stayed here. Yeah, um, had the chance to go, of course. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the other thing. I've a lot of Norwich, fa- you know, I I get a lot of criticism on social media from Norwich fans, and part of it is because of my yeah relationship with John. And you know, I tweeted something like it was a picture of John. And I said something like, "Imagine getting released by Norwich and then finding that you're in the same team as Ruben Nevers and you're getting promoted." That's never a dig at the football club that I love. You did get your fishing rod out at that point, though, Jake. But Norwich fans came at me like I was criticising our football club, saying, you, you know, you've got to understand why we let John go. I totally understand why John and lots of mm. other players who were on big wages left. I totally get that. All I'm saying is, from my perspective as a friend of John's, how great it's been for him. I'm not criticising yeah. my club or anything. Um, mm. And it, it has it's worked it has worked out well. It has worked out. I'm well pleased you cleared that up because I've had a, you know quite a few people say you know God I'd love to ask Jake that. Yeah, it's, it was never a criticism of Norwich. It just wasn't. Mm. And sometimes it's difficult when you're sort of friends with these guys. Um, and I suppose you feel a sense of lo- a sense of loyalty to them. Um, but nothing you know nothing comes above the, mm. the loyalty to the football club that you support. I think it's the same with with me for for, for us. But I mean for me with 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 the John Ruddy situation. I think actually this just twists on the fact that Angus has been monumental. And I think that we have, to be fair, taken Angus for granted. Don't get me wrong, he's now getting a lot of love after that Mm. ridiculous save. Absolutely ridiculous save. But, you know, he he does that in training every week. I'm pretty sure he does that in training every week. Um, He's, you know, obviously been taking shots off Sergio Aguero. And you can see why now. Yeah. But for me, I think... The sadness for us is where it is. filled that hole completely. If I'm Man City, I'm loaning Angus Gunn again next season, but I'm loaning him to a Premier League side because it's that next step up. Well, it could be us. Well, it could be us. We'd like it to be us. You've installed positivity, haven't you? But that's probably a long-term area for us to address, I think. Do you try try and buy Angus? Do you put all of your money on the table and say, Angus, you've, you've got to stay? I don't think it would happen. I think you would. I think if you're at Manchester City, with Pep Guardiola as your manager, about to win the Premier League, possibly going to win the Champions League, I think that you have to know Man City want rid of you before you sign for Norwich, mm-hmm. even if your dad played for Norwich. Yeah, um, and even if you love the club, I, I would be amazed, and it would cost us. I mean, how much is Angus Gunn going to be? I mean, he's a future England number one, probably. He's an incredibly talented goalkeeper. Do you think he could reach the World Cup squad? Um, 
Well, it's opening up for him because you've got um, Joe Hart being dropped. Fraser yeah. Forster's been dropped. Um, our number one goalkeeper at the moment um, is is going to be the Everton goalkeeper almost certainly without without doubt. Um, I don't know what else happens around that. Um, it's probably a bit early for him. Um, How special would that be for Norwich City Football Club to have a player go to the World Cup? Well, it would be incredible. It would be absolutely incredible because it would be built on the success that we've had with him this season. Yeah. We would be we would be the reason why that's happened. I mean, we've had it before with John Ruddy, don't forget. <laughs> we've been there. No comment. Um, <laughs> we've been there. Uh so it would be it would be great. Should have been I'd love it to well, happen. Should have been. I'd love it to happen. Um, I'd love us to keep hold of Angus for another season. I'm sure Norwich will ask the question: Can we have him for another season and yeah. repeat the trick? Um, if we got promoted, it would almost certainly happen. If we don't, it might be slightly more difficult. I think chances of buying him that is absolute pie in the sky. The, the, the real issue is that obviously knowing what I know, Pep absolutely loves him. Of course he does. The guy's amazing. Because A, of course, he's a great shot stopper. He's a big boy. He fills the goal. And he passes the ball out. He's so he's good incredible. with his feet. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. But you know what? When Basson was in this Norwich City football team, I was thinking when he got the ball every time, I was like, oh my God, Jack, we're going to lose it. It's going to go in. But now when Angus has got it in the same situation, mm. under a lot of pressure, I'm sitting back, I'm eating my Mars bar, happy days. Mm. And I think that that is a real luxury that and Norwich Pep fans is smart need to start City is smart. And they will know. They'll be watching the games. They will have a succession plan. They're not a knee-jerk football club. They're not suddenly no. like, oh my goodness, Edison's got injured. Mm. Um, Claudio Bravo isn't on form. We haven't got an answer. You know, yeah. they will they will play Angus Gunn in very nicely at Manchester City. I've got mm. no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, Gunny already, Gunny Senior, of course, thinks he, he will definitely one million percent be a better goalkeeper I than see him. I tweeted that the other day, actually. Yeah, so it's good. interesting. Happy days. I mean, let's yeah. touch on uh, how great to get him though. Isn't that great for us? And again, it shows that we've you know we're making smart decisions yeah. now. You know, we are making smart decisions. And for me, I thought that getting Angus in was ridiculously good for the supporters. Ridiculously good. Mm. Don't get me wrong, it, it was brave because it could have gone wrong. Yeah. It could have yeah. gone wrong. I think I was we forget pressure. that because Angus hadn't played a game of professional yeah, league definitely. football before he joined us. Yeah. yeah, but you look at Jamal Lewis as well. He's not really played that much football, has he? Well, no, he hasn't. If any, at all. At all. No. And I think that Jake touched upon it earlier. I think bringing these players in from the Norwich City mm. ranks that bleed yellow and green, I think really really works with the yeah. supporters I think it lifts the supporters I think that they give so much more to it and you know what if Angus does make a mistake this season the Norwich fans are a million percent behind him but he won't though he won't of course he won't of course he won't <laughs> but it's great that you look at that squad now and you go Angus Gunn dad played for Norwich he's not ours but he feels like one of our own yeah. Jamal Lewis he's only been at Norwich a few years but yeah. still feels like one of our own yeah. we've improved the defence immeasurably Ivo Pinto is one of my favourite players, underrated in a Norwich shirt for That's me on the right-hand side. I think he's brilliant, bombs up and down, works really hard, loves the shirt, loves the club. Tom Tribal, slightly limited, but I think alongside Alex Tetty is brilliant and a real find for us. Ben Godfrey, I think, will come in and play in that position next season and be fantastic. And in front of them, James Madison, proper quality. Mm. Um, Murph, I think, is a brilliant young player and is no doubt looking at his brother's success in the Premier League thinking I want some of that and the best yeah. way to get some of that is to play really well at Norwich yeah. and you look through that squad and it just leads you to the same place again doesn't it goal scorer with yeah. a, I honestly yeah. think with a goal scorer having been signed at the start of the season on 16-17 goals we're in the playoffs already do you think we need an old look at the fashion? stats on the games that we've played though we've, we've, we've had regularly more shots on target yeah. than our opposition yeah. Yeah. we've come away with a 1-0 defeat and you turn <laughs> on the coach home like your Greg's peed off and it's like 
can't eat, we're a, eat on club cabbage. Can you not? Not hot food. No. You I definitely love cabbage. <laughs> the amount of times I've seen people it's sleep a go- We're a goal scorer away yeah. from just being there. And it's like, and I, I, you know, because now we've got the defence sorted, and arguably the spine sorted. It's something that Hux came on the mm. podcast recently and said in his team there was a solid spine, yeah. a solid spine. I think that now you've got Angus. You've got Hanley, who's been absolutely ridiculous. He's been brilliant since he's come in. You've got Tommy T, yeah. And now going forwards, you just just need that one more player. You've got Madison, of course, in between that. One more player. You two are making me so excited. Come on, Jack. The people well, are watching this thinking, not what the hell? What's your sort of take then on where we're at? He's been pessimistic. pessimistic are you? This season. No, I, I don't. I, I, I got so excited at the start of the season, and I was like, right, we're going to win the league. Jack sent me a text saying, Revo. This season, I've got a funny feeling it's ours. Why would you, then why it, would and, you and think then I, that at the start of the season when I was like, oh my goodness, we've let everyone go that's got switched. any experience? Now I'm thinking, actually, the work that Norwich have done behind the scenes has been brilliant. It has. But when, you're, now, but when you're at Burton and it's two degrees and you've just drawn nil-nil, it's hard to go, well, at least the recruitment policy is I'm good. Not, and at least lots of teams, out. mate, yeah. will go to Burton and draw nil-nil. Championship is bloody hard. Mm. So hard. The games, you know... The, it's hard. The players don't even really like it because there's just so many games of mm. football all the time. Yeah. And you go to those places, they get 10 men behind the ball, they, mm. they get up at you, there's 6,000 people in the stadium, yeah. it's cold, it's the middle of... It's a hard, hard so league. What, what and you would, would get games like that, but you just got to keep What would you define as success this season then? From this point, we get to May. Yep. I th- where are we finishing the league? And where will we finish success. in the league? And you'll be content with that. Uh, to- I'd be content with the top 10. Top 10. Yeah. yeah, I'll be content with the and top And do you 10. think if we... Because we've gone through such transition. Do you think that would set us in a good situation for next season? Not a top 10 finish, no. But depending on what happens off the field is what will set us in good stead for next season. Because if, if we finish top 10 and tell Murphy mm. and Madison and Angus Gunn disappears and we don't buy a decent replacement Which and Tom Tribal doesn't agree a deal. Not Angus likely, but the other two hopefully not. The key thing for Norwich is that the players, at the end of the season, buy into what we're doing here. Yeah. And what we're doing here is we are setting Norwich City up for the future. You know, we are bringing in young, brilliant talent. We're trying our best to improve them. Uh, we're giving young players an opportunity that they might not get elsewhere at other football clubs. We're trying to play decent football. There will be lows and there will be highs along the way. But I just, you know, Norwich just needs to pull in one direction and be a positive place to be. If we're, if we're a positive place, fans will make it great and players will want to come and play at Norwich. Mm. I believe that. I think this leads on quite nicely to, to kind of a statement slash question. And it kind of, we might have a little argument here, Jack. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, how Jake splits us up. But I think possibly a problem with a lot of younger supporters, and I'm a quite a young supporter myself, although I've, I've only got a couple more years on you. I think a lot, of pe- a lot of supporters sometimes lack perspective. And a lot of people forget how many times we've been in, in the Premier League. Now, I'm not, I'm not you know, sl- slagging off fans but kind of am a little bit in a sense, because I think, you know, to, to turn around and be like, you know, it's horrendous right now when you, I mean, a lot of fans have watched, no, I mean, I sat in the stands from the first minute to the last second of that Colchester defeat. And it scars me to this day and nothing will ever be as bad as that league one first day of the season. A Norwich city legend gets wrongly put in a job, gets the, gets a season ticket thrown in his face we lose 7-1 to one of our arguably local rivals. Now, for me at the moment, it's okay. We, we've got, it, it's kind of exciting. We've got a project. Andrew Lorne from Along Come, Come Norwich um, recently said it. It's a, it's a project and, and that's somewhat exciting. And I think that a lot of particularly younger supporters don't understand is 
yes, we, we still have an opportunity to reach the Premier League. We're not. So we have this classic phrase in the podcast, Jake, called Birmingham and just Birmingham. Right. Okay? They're just Birmingham. Birmingham and Birmingham. These are the clubs that, no disrespect, they're just, they're just them. They're just in the championship. You know, the, the, the noisy neighbours, well, not so noisy neighbours are, are, are certainly like that as well. Norwich City have the potential to get somewhere. And I think that sometimes fans forget that we have been in the Premier League recently. We've been to Wembley. Norwich City have won at Wembley. Now, come on. We're nearly there again. Just, just calm down. Calm down. I love that. That was a good speech, actually. Love it. Was it? Chachillian. You behind me. But young. actually, so, so to link on to that, the, the actual question... Oh, yes, there was an actual question. Yeah. There was, sorry. That was sorry. just, a, sorry, a that was just, that was just Martin Luther King moment. Um, for me, I think <laughs> it'd be interesting to get your take on this, Jake. When you... Because you watch so many different teams yeah. all the time, do you think that you benefit from kind of what I've put here in inverted commas as bigger picture, long-term thinking? Because you can see from other clubs how it doesn't work yeah. and how it does work. Yeah, almost, almost I suppose being separate so. from the club because itself. Because although you're a, a fan, bit. Yep. You, it's your job not to kind yep. of be biased, isn't it? I suppose I'm a fan, but I'm a fan in a slightly different space to a lot of fans because I'm a fan that doesn't get to Carrow Road very often because mm. I work on Saturdays. Mm. I'm a fan that watches a lot of Premier League football, not a lot of Championship football. And I'm also a fan that, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be friends with quite a few people who play for Norwich. And I think that gives you a slightly different perspective, either on things that are going on at Colney or behind the scenes at the club, either on where Norwich sits in relation to Premier League football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose, I, you know, I try and just be honest on social media. And I think that sometimes I get loads of criticism from people for not being a proper fan because I don't go to Carrow Road or only oh, tweeting about Norwich when they win a big game. We've got to stop this proper fan thing, by the way. Yeah, so I think that I, you know, I'm in an unusual position as a Norwich fan. And I think a few seasons ago, Norwich fans were really proud of the fact that I was a Norwich boy who grew up Standing in the Barclay when it was standing. Framing Mill, by the way. Framing Mill, Framing Mill High School as well. Nice, that was cool. We're so cool. Um, <laughs> and I think you know now for some reason, whatever the reason is, I get loads of criticism on social mm. media, and I and I, I I can't really explain it. And the number of people that come up to me saying, "Oh, you're not a proper Norwich fan because you don't go to Carrow Road," or you know, your tweets about Norwich are embarrassing. Mate, I don't know. I mean, they come from a position of you know, being friends and spending time with people in the hierarchy of the club and Mm. some of the players. Maybe people don't like that. I don't know what it is, but I honestly am more excited now about Norwich than I have been for the past few seasons. Wow. And I'm not just saying that. I'm saying it because winning or losing a game of football doesn't make or break my week. What does make or break my season is seeing off the pitch that we're doing the right or the wrong things. And I think for too long we were doing the wrong things. I think we had the wrong people managing the football club in the dugout. I think we were doing the wrong thing in terms of buying players Mm -hmm. for too much money and paying them too much money. And I think we were buying the wrong type of players who none of us really could relate to. And it felt like they were coming in on a short-term fix just to do a job because at that moment that was the issue. Whereas now I look at Norwich... And I totally, totally understand what we're doing. I love the fact we're investing in the academy at Colney. I love the fact that they're rearranging Colney so that you can see the pathway from the academy to the first team. I really like the fact that we've now got a director of football and whoever comes in as manager, this is the way that we set ourselves up. I really like the fact that we're giving youth the chance. I really like the fact, actually, that we're happy to let some of the big-name, big-wage players go because we're backing the people we've either got at the club or we're going to go out and find some talent. I love the fact that names like... Tom Tribal or Zimmerman appear out of nowhere. Mm. I love the fact that we can do the deals with Tottenham or with Manchester City to get arguably two of the best young talents on loan at the football club. Yeah. Um, 
there's so much to be positive about about Norwich City. But the fans have just got to buy into it as well and believe it as well. And almost like when you're in the Premier League, it is make or break winning or losing a game. Yeah. It's bigger than that at the moment for us. Yeah. It's not about whether we win or lose at Chelsea or whether we won or lost at mm. Burton or <laughs> won or lost at Bristol City. It's about the bigger stuff going on behind the scenes. Mm. And everything I know about it, and I might be wrong, I'm not saying that I'm the oracle on everything Norwich City, but everything I know about what's happening behind mm. the scenes at the football club fills me with positivity. So basically you do benefit from the fact that you're slightly disconnected from the club. You can see that bigger picture. And that's yeah. kind of what I Yeah, assume. possibly. Yeah, yeah. I probably, I probably can. Yeah. So why do you feel you do sometimes get criticised by Norwich fans then? Can you pinpoint it? I think it's football. You know, I think that football is so partisan and people yeah. are, straight after a football match, people are sort of so uh, yeah, yeah. irate about what's either happened or not happened. And I think sometimes because of the job I do, I'm a sort of a bit more sanguine about it. I'm mm. like, listen, it's not. it doesn't matter that we've only drawn against Burton. Understand the bigger picture. These games will happen. Maybe people just don't want to hear something like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what it is. I don't know. Um, I think I think it's possibly sometimes th- you've, you've given John Ruddy a bit too much love at the wrong moments, potentially. Maybe. Potentially. Maybe. Maybe. But just because I'm being positive about someone... Doesn't mean I'm being negative about my football club. Yeah. And why would being positive about John Ruddy? Madison. But why would it ever be a good thing to be? Why would it ever be a bad thing to be positive about John Ruddy? Right. He's a guy that came to Norwich. Yeah. He's a guy that when we got relegated, he didn't walk away. He's a guy who Chelsea tried to buy for six million quid, and he said to the football club, "I'm really happy at Norwich. If you're telling me you're accepting the offer, yeah, then I'll go and speak to them. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I I don't don't want to go. Yeah. Right. That's powerful. And then when he finally goes to Wolves. His family, they're about a quarter of a mile down the road from here and his two kids are still at the same school as mine. Mm. He's left them here because he wants to come back because yeah. he loves Norwich and he's back here as every weekend. Players do. And so I send a couple of positive messages about how proud I am and pleased I am for him and it's seen as a dig at the club I love. Absolutely isn't. The two things are completely separate. Yeah. You know, I love Norwich. I will always love Norwich. I grew up as a Norwich player. Mm. I think it also has a bit to do with the fact that I present Premier League football on a, on a Saturday when you know you guys are doing your bit and you're part of the amazing 1,300 people that travel to Bristol. I'm sitting drinking a cup of tea with Rio Ferdinand at Wembley watching Tottenham. I suppose there, there is a pro- life, isn't it? <laughs> but, there, but there probably is a bit of that. Yeah, but that's because that's my job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but listen, I'm never happier than when I'm at a Norwich game. And it, mm. you know, would you like to come and sit with us? In the Lower Barclay. Of course I would. Can you do that? Take the day off. Lads, I was sitting in the Lower Barclay before you were even born. Standing. <laughs> All right, <laughs> listen. I was standing. Yeah. Honestly, Why you weren't... Yeah. Oh, when, I wow. first was in the, when I was first in the oh, Barclay, right? I didn't realise you were that old, Jake. At the back of the Barclay, there was a big mound of earth and there was like yeah. a couple of coffee stands out there. I have been told this, yeah. And we used to go out there, have a cup of coffee, in we'd go, oh, it was bloody brilliant. Yeah. Something would happen, like a corner, and everyone would surge and the blokes would lift you. I was about... 12 at the time yeah. the blokes would lift you up oh blimey health you wouldn't safety, fall yeah. again because you'd be pinned against people and you'd go left and you'd go right and forwards about them. times have changed yeah. and times quite rightly had to change and it was sad why we had to you know, change the way the stadium was yeah. yeah, it was a sad reason for doing it it wasn't sad that we did it, it you know, stadiums are now great for taking your kids to but yeah like I've got mm. you know, I've got very fond memories of watching Norwich City back in the early 90s I think just again, just to go back to the um, to the supporters and social media, and you know them giving you hate and then giving me hate and then giving Jack hate. I think the one thing that let's frustra- not forget, there's a lot of love as well. Yeah, no, 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 no there, yeah, is, yeah. there is. I just think that I, I wish my one wish, especially going through this transitional period, is that it's great to debate about football. It's fantastic, but let's not get personal and let's all remember that 
you love the football club mm. as much as I love the football yeah. club, as much as Jack loves the football club. And I, as you much know as, what? I bet you, you there's know. more people that are positive to you on social media than negative. But of it's course. just because... The positive people don't actually tweet, though. No, but even if they do, and I'm sure they do, but I think that you probably just get... You see the negative and yeah, feel the negative course, a bit yeah. more. That's yeah, all it of is. Course. I'm sure you... I'm, you know, I'm amazed anyone's negative because you two just do this because you love the club as well. But... I'm sure there's more positive that's, and negative. That's you. the thing at the moment, Jake. I think. I think for me, I'd I'd like to see more love amongst the Norwich supporters. We're in this together, this project together. It's not a you against me. Mm. You're a proper fan, though. You're not a proper fan, Jake, because you work for BT Sport. Bugger off. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I think. I think there needs to be much more togetherness with, with the supporters. But in fairness, I do think the club possibly could have been more proactive in terms of the atmosphere, which is a whole other debate, which you probably wouldn't have perhaps much of an opinion of this season because it has been lacking. Yeah. Why is that the club's fault? Well, at the start of the season, there was, you know, quite a lot of talk. You know, there was fan group meetings about the atmosphere, you know, against Chelsea. You you probably yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. Oh, hello, OK, this is quite good. And arguably yeah. it was. Um, yeah. But then, you know, Connor, who just started writing for our website, sat next to us and said, this is still quite flat. Mm. I think, and is there a group of Norwich thing. fans that can go and do what the Crystal Palace fans have done? Well, this is it, Jake. It should have a be leader, like have the banners, but have their own area. See, this is it. There's been a lot of talk, from there has been a lack of action from the club, from the football club. But there are a group of fans that want to do that. One there? million percent. There's been various issues with, obviously, you know, uh, can we get supporters all together? Should there be a singing section? Do you think there should be a singing yeah, section? Absolutely. Listen, Crystal Palace is the best atmosphere of any football ground that we cover in the Premier League. It's not the biggest, but the atmosphere is incredible. And you've got a small section, and yep. the guys are proper, die-hard Eagles Shirts fans. Shirts off. Shirts off, banners out. They're Tattoos. in there. They're not in there one minute before, and they're not leaving two minutes before it finishes. They're there start to finish, and they constantly make a noise, yep. win, lose, or draw. Yep. Norwich should 100%, without doubt, have that. Yeah, agreed. And I'm amazed that there isn't more of a push mm. to make that happen. I don't, I, 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 there's I nothing negative about it. I think that would help with the social media, the togetherness of mm. the supporters. I think that's a side issue, though. Obviously, yeah. the players need to play, from, play some football first. Jake, thank you so much for taking an hour no of evening. Hour and a half. Yeah, my wife, I'll get upstairs. My wife will be by like, the way, that was by the way. 10 minutes. You've left me hanging there big time. Thanks, mate. Okay, I'll come. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Top man. Appreciate it. By the way, phone cases. Oh, yeah. Check these out. Canaries live. Thanks a lot. Love them. You've got a personalised one already, haven't you? Yeah, Shit. mine's all cracked and broken. I think you need a Jake TNC number one phone case, personally. Yeah. Who, who made these for you? They're great. Canaries live. Thanks, Love guys. that. Love that. Thanks. And listen, thank you very much, Norwich fans, for, uh, for all the nice things that you write to these boys on social media. I think you should be proud to have a channel that does this on your behalf. Um, oh, Jake, you just be well nice up. out there. We'll be pay nice. you later. <laughs> See you later.